welcome to today's episode of Strata Originals. As the name implies, we speak with true originals and we take you to the next level. These are leaders who stand out by the lessons and stories they share to inspire us, entertain us, and teach us. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also watch the video podcast of these episodes on YouTube at Strata Originals. So fasten your seatbelts, ensure your tray is in the upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Your Your in-flight host, Leanne McLaren. I am so pumped to uh, introduce my friend uh, Cameron Atlas to our podcast today. Um, To put up, normally I do a little bio, right? Here's all he's done and where he's worked. Uh, To put a bio on this man uh, does, does us no justice, I can tell you that. He's the epitome of what it's like to live a life of adventure. And I'm a little envious, to be honest with you, but too old to take that on right now. But what we're going to do is follow his journey and hopefully learn some things from what he experienced in his life traveling all around the world. Um, so we want, so we can understand how he lives his life. He spreads his, his message through coaching, um, through professional speaking, and his writing and performing of music. And we may have a treat at the end if you stick around. But this dude is a little different. And uh, let's find out why. So welcome to Strata Originals, Cam. Alan, it's an absolute pleasure. Awesome. We're excited. So we're going to get started with the easiest question ever. Who's a leader or person you admire and why? Yep. I'm going with my grandfather in this case. And the reason is I had a chat with someone a, a few days ago and they're going through a life transition at the moment, moving into retirement. And he asked the question, hey, do you have any suggestions? Do you have any tips, any insight, things that I should be thinking about? And going back to my grandfather, he started woodworking, like started when he was 80 years old. That's 8080. <laughs> went through to his about 92, 93, and uh, passed away when he was 94. Uh, so he went right through and made, you know, some amazing things uh, that are, you know, still around today. And uh, with that, there were two major lessons that I learned. One, you're never too old to reinvent yourself. And that's what I shared with the, with the guy. You're never too old to reinvent yourself. And that's what I'll continue to take with me for the rest of my life. And the second is to, to always have something that keeps your mind, body, and spirit active. Your mind, keep your mind sharp. Keep yourself thinking uh, when it comes to your body. Uh, make sure that you're moving that in whichever way that's going to be. And then the spirit side of things, make sure there's a sense of purpose behind the stuff that you're doing. And uh, whether that's you're making money from it or not, uh, that's something that I'm going to be taking with me for the rest of my life. And uh, again, it just came to my forefront when I had this conversation a few days ago. So I'm definitely going with grandpa on this one. Well, you know what, when you have someone who's so influential in your life, I remember um, a satchel page was an old um, pitcher from uh, a league. And he said, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? Huh. And so Love that. You know, it's a beautiful thing that your grandfather lived by. And it's true of people as they get older, because they tend to say, oh, I'm old now. Once you say that, guess what? You believe it. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Totally. I'm so glad. I love that. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, sentiment. Thanks for sharing. Um, so you were born in the land of Oz, a place I visited about three times. And I love, I love your country or your home country. But you've traveled and lived in many places in the world. Today, you live in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. So let's go back to what caused you to sell everything and kind of get up <laughs> the adventure? Like, how crazy do you have to be to do that? Tell us about that. I, I think there's a little bit of craziness in there for sure. <laughs> there was this moment in, 
it was about mid 2016 and I had, had really started to explore around the world and travel to different places and uh, and I knew I wanted to continue doing that, but I also knew I wanted to continue the coaching work that I was doing. Fortunately, I was able to do that virtually. Uh, I also wanted to continue writing and creating music. So there were these m- multiple facets there that I wanted to continue doing. But the thing is, back then, I only there was only one instrument that I played, the piano, as well as vocals. And piano is not the most po- you know portable instrument. It's not very it's not very versatile. And so I. I, there was this day I was in Brisbane in Australia at the time at my aunt and uncle's house. I was staying there catching up with them. And I, thought, I wonder if there's, you know, like a, like a piano that I could roll up in my suitcase and take with me. So I did a search. Like, there is one. Like, you can go on Amazon right now. It's maybe $30 or something like that. You know, growing up on an actual piano, learning the piano on an actual piano rather than a keyboard, there's no way that was going to be an option for me to get the type of expression and feel that, I, that I've gotten from a piano and learned how to get from a piano. And so that wasn't an option. But what I love about curiosity, creativity, is the ideas that we have, they can tend to feed off each other. And if we're enough, if we're creative enough, if curious enough and allow ourselves to be in that space, then it can lead to what was originally a very poor idea <laughs> can lead to a, a much grander idea. And then sure enough, shortly after I was on a walk, uh, going around the block in the same location and thought, well, I wonder if there's places around the world that I could go and stay in that already have pianos in them. And so then I did a, an advanced Google search, searched all the all the different short-term vacation rentals, and they are everywhere. And I found pianos on boats in on, on in countries that I'd never been to before, in crazy random locations and beautiful locations, unique locations. Uh, and I, I made a you know bookmarked all of these different places. And the challenge that I found myself in was now looking like it was resolved. The one thing that was maybe holding me back. And so I, I, I then started to think, well, I, maybe I could do this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so I didn't intend on it being as long or as uh, uh, intense as it ended up being. But as I started getting rid of everything, uh, there was this moment, the last things that I was getting rid of was the TV, the sofa and the TV cabinet, right? I still remember it was a Saturday and I, I sold those items on, I think it was eBay. They messaged me straight away and they said, oh, can we come pick them up tomorrow? Up until then, I was really excited about leaving. And then all of a sudden I froze a little and it was, oh man, this is like, this is actually happening. And it was the first moment of it being, while I'd gotten rid of most of my stuff by then, there was something about it being real and you're not talking about it anymore. You're actually going forward and doing this, heading in completely into the unknown. You have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> There's enough to, to send a bit of fear going in there. And so what I did that night, so coming on the Sunday, the very next day, I said, yep, come and get it. The very next day, uh, that night, uh, I used the TV. I used the sofa. I used the uh, TV cabinet one last time. <laughs> I watched three, like binge watched three adventure movies. There was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, uh, Hector and the Search for Happiness and Into the Wild and three great movies and by the end of it I'm like take the TV take the sofa I don't I don't need any of it <laughs> and it was this moment of you know I think there's something about whether it's through a mentor or it could be a movie or it could be a book that we read or some form of insight it could be a friend a conversation that we have with our spouse like these external influences can 
allow us to see things in a different way than we maybe have been seeing them up until now. Mm-hmm. And that definitely was the case for me with that, with like movies of all things, right? Uh, and so I think being open to where you get the lessons from, yes, being strategic in where you get certain lessons from, but also being open as to as to where you might learn something from. And that was a, <laughs> was a big one for me. And so then I you know, ventured around the, around the world. I stayed in uh, a car, a small castle in Costa Rica in a mountain and in the mountains and then uh, wrote a bunch of music in Argentina uh, on a piano there. And the crazy thing that happened in Argentina specifically, I had just finished up three months in Colombia. I would, I'd been filming there uh, with a drone, rainforest and waterfalls and beaches and captured all the nature sounds and then created a soundtrack for it in Argentina and put that all together and shared it online. And while I was there, I was in the first week, right? And I'll never forget it because I was laying there and this question just popped into my mind out of nowhere. And it was, if I died today, what's the one thing I've regretted not doing? Mm. Whoa. I I had had the questions before and learned, you know, asked the question of imagine yourself on a rocking chair at 80 years of age and you're looking back on your life and it's been a wild ride. What's it been about to make it worthwhile? That's an amazing question to ask. And I continue to ask those types of questions. But when you're not even half of that age yet, that can lead to some complacency because it becomes, I've got plenty of time to make that happen. But if you're dead today, like you're gone and you haven't got anything else that you can do, what haven't you done that could have made your life even more worthwhile? Something that you might've regretted. Mm. And for me, that was like immediately... (laughs) It hasn't, because I continue asking the question now. Sometimes it comes as immediate as what it did then. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. But that day, it was immediate. And it was having a grand piano on stage while delivering a talk. And I, I knew then, right, it was this elusive dream that I'd had. There was one that I'd had booked back in Australia. And, and I think it was two or three days before the, the talk was scheduled to be, like the event. Mm-hmm. And it got cancelled. And I was, I was devastated because it was this dream that I had of somehow blending this entertainment and education piece together in a way that impact and transform people's lives that I, I kind of thought that I could make happen, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any proof of it. And I didn't ha- really have any models of success of, of people that had done it in, in a way that I wanted to do it. And so it was kind of forging my own ground, my own way there. And so when that occurred and the answer was that, I said, right, dude, if you really want it, go and make it happen. You know how to make it happen. And so I reached out to each people, each of the people in my network at that time, uh, shared what I wanted to do and just happened to bump into someone who said, yep, we're hosting, hosting an event. We've got hundreds of people at this event. You can open it up and you know, close down the, other, the second event. And they ended up having a beautiful, massive uh, screen behind, like it was a huge performing arts center remarkable piano featured the footage that I uh, took in Colombia. <laughs> this is what's crazy about it. Took in Colombia. Uh, the first song that I opened up with was a song that I wrote in Argentina, the soundtrack for the video. And then, and then, you know, shared a talk and shared the education piece after that. And it was, it was this moment of like, if it hadn't gone in that way, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know what would have happened, whether I would have actually, uh, give myself a good kick up the butt that I needed to be able to actually make it happen. Because then it's been, uh, there's just been a, a wild ride since then to, uh, there was this, uh, I got invited to deliver the, the closing talk at Italy's largest TEDx event, right? 
And that was in 2018. So it was pretty much after I'd experienced everything there. And I was in Mexico City at the time. And the talk was going to be about how to really, well, how the surprising power of curiosity and how the blend between that and technology can magnify the impact we make in the world. I'm a big, big believer of that. And so for me, it was about how do I show that? And so we got people from 40 different countries around the world involved in a music video uh, one, for one of the songs that I wrote. Another one, actually, the song was written in Argentina during that time as well. Uh, and so with that, uh, each person recorded their audio and video in their part of the world. And for the video side of things, they had a choice. They could record it inside or they could record outside somewhere that, somewhere that really represents their country. And everyone started doing the outside thing. <laughs> <laughs> it presented a massive challenge for me because then I thought, oh, the piano I have that's in Mexico City where I was at the time, it's inside, it's in the apartment. It's beautiful, but it's inside. And everyone else had done their stuff outside. Mm. Now, I, how, I don't know how I'm going to get a piano outside. There's no way I can get a piano outside. And I only had a few weeks to do it. And so I said, thought to myself, well, I'm going to be performing the song live on stage during the TEDx talk in Rome. And the video is going to be playing on in the background at the same time to show how we could all come together, all complete strangers in a few months. And that's a demonstration of how the technology can magnify the impact. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, ah, I don't need to be in the video. I'm good. And so a couple of days went past and I remember laying in bed one morning, woke up. What if I could do it in this video? And it was just this moment of curiosity of what if, like, I wonder if I could. And I thought to myself, okay, well, what, do I, what would I need to make it happen? And I thought, well, I need to have a piano for one. <laughs> I need a piano moving company, I need a drone videographer, a videographer, I need a photographer, I need a, a location permit, a location, like all of these things that we'd need to do. And there was only a few weeks before I was heading over to, to Europe to do final rehearsal before the talk. And so I, I, was, I knew I was spending a couple of weeks in Colorado Oh, that's pretty much the only place I could maybe make this happen. But by the time I went through everything, I thought I'd be crazy not to at least give it a go and see if I could make this happen. Alan, in, within 24 hours, I had the piano, I had the piano moving company, I had the videographer, videographer, I had the drone pilot, I had the photographer. All we needed is the location somewhere in Colorado and, uh, and the permits for it. And, and within a few more days, uh, there was a couple of places north of Denver. We ended up uh, being and getting permission with the Garden of the Gods in Colorado, which for any of you tuning in who have ever been there, at sunrise, the rocks turn this wild red color. And so we went and set everything up before sunrise uh, and filmed there as the sun came up and hit the rocks. It's stunningly beautiful and, and uh, finished all of that off. And it was such an important part of the video itself. And the reason I share that story uh, is the realization, and this is something that I continue to drive home for clients of mine, as well as my own self, is that the biggest thing getting in my way is myself. Mm. Always and forever. And that gives me so much responsibility to create what I want to create, that if I'm responsible, that if I'm the one that's getting in my way of this, I'm the one that doesn't have the resourcefulness, then I am now empowered to create the change that's required to get the outcomes that I want. And that's such an empowering way to live life but rather than it being there's something else that's in my way. No, nope, you're in your way. And that it was just such a, uh, 
very practical way of me seeing that and just seeing it in action right there and then and it's uh it's stuck with me big time so yeah well cam it's it's really interesting because you used a, a a bunch of a bunch of things that i'd like to kind of build on and yep. one of them is you believe in what's possible at the end of the day you don't you don't have a limitation in terms of your thought and that's been executed in what you're doing but i'm curious about where the curiosity is the spark i mean that's the spark that you've shared so nicely where did that how did that did you always have it do you remember when you were five or six years old being more curious than the average kids where did that come from i think it was there definitely uh, there's definitely, I mean, there was certain entrepreneurial ideas that completely failed when I was a little kid uh, that, uh, yeah, it, it was there. And I feel like I went away from that for a period of time. Like there was a period of time where I stopped playing music altogether on the piano. So I learned for five years when I was a kid, eight to 13 approximately. Mm -hmm. And then 13 to 15, I stopped altogether because of something that a kid said that made me feel like it wasn't cool to learn what I was learning, the type of music that I was learning at the time. And, and that, the lesson that I learned out of that, which came many years later, is that uh, those two years were the two of the toughest years of my life, like really, really tough. Uh, I tried to fit into somebody else's definition of what success or what cool was. Mm. And in the process, I completely lost myself, completely lost myself. And it wasn't until there was a couple of years later, I remember walking past towards my room and looking to the right hand side, looking over to the piano. And just, I, I still remember saying to myself, ah, oh, maybe I'll give that another go. And it was just that small moment that when I sat down and played again, and it just felt right it felt like home if you will and you know soon after i wrote my first song you know i wrote my first song when i was 15 and you know it's been more than two decades now of of writing more than 300 songs that i look back at those moments that moment in particular and if i hadn't gone back to who i am and then allowed that curiosity to foster you know to be fostered again and be nurtured again yeah I, there's no way that i'd be here so i uh, to me, it's these moments, right, where we have the choice that we make. Mm. I, I see that we're all curious being mostly, at least you look at a kid, it's they're curious, right? It's that can you learn? And this is something that I've learned over the last, especially the last like five, 10 years. Can you learn how to strategically guide your curiosity? Because curiosity on its own is dumb. <laughs> you know, you can do some stupid stuff with curiosity, right? You can end up dead, like gone. No, no, no more. Bye-bye. Uh, or you can do some stuff that's going to get you into serious trouble, right? But strategically guiding your curiosity through appropriate questioning, through appropriate tonality, through appropriate language, that's what I feel like I've learned to harness and that I then, you know, am able to train and coach and facilitate and speak on uh, with clients and, and events that I speak at to be able to uh, inspire and not only inspire, but also give the mechanisms and the frameworks to be able to do so because it is, it is frameworks at the end of the day. Uh, and I, I'm a big believer that anyone can, uh, you know, nurture that. So, yeah. It sounds like you, you know, I guess, uh, I think I'd agree with you. Everybody has curiosity, but I'm not sure everybody has the capacity to listen to the pivotal moments that you're describing. Mm, I love and that. Then, so I'd be curious about your thoughts on how frameworks kind of get us to, to be in tune with that door that's open in front of us, right? Mm. And then, you know, what do you do once you've got the opportunity? Because you still need the, 
you know, you, you, I, I wrote it down because it's something I live by is feel the fear and do it anyways, kind of deal. Yeah. I like that way. And you do too, but, but it starts with the curiosity. So how do you, how did you learn to tune into your listening of those pivotal moments? That's why I'd be curious about your thoughts on that. Yep. Great question. The two, two things from a curious standpoint that I see is, is the utilization of curious language and curious tonality. All right. So with that, you can say, oh, how am I going to get out of this versus, all right, how are we going to get out of this? Mm. All right. Oh, how are we going to get out of this? I wonder, I wonder what we're going to be able to do here to get out of this. Yeah. Let's explore. Let's find that out. Right. There's three different languages there. One that's more of a, a confident authoritative style, style, which, you know, takes the charge, takes the lead. Uh, the third one being curious and oh like almost like a childlike wonder and then the first one is doubtful is uncertain is uh yeah fearful almost of what's about to go down what's about to happen and so if you utilize curious uh language and curious tonality in a way that is fearful guess where you're going to go all right that's going to be the outcome the quality of your language will determine the quality of the results the quality of your questions will de determine the quality of the results you get and so that, que that questioning it can't just be questions in terms of the language it's got to be the questions in the tonality as well and so that childlike wonder that's something that i've learned and again learned to ha harness the power of that that it's it's so vital so vital and then you know that there are certain types of questions, like what questions, how questions, all right, what are all the ways that I could make that happen versus it being uh, like, is, is there really a way that we can do this? Mm -hmm. Right? Is there? No, right? Your, your part of your brain is going to go, no, there's not. Whereas, all right, what are all the ways that we can do that? Presupposes it can be done. You've just got to figure out a way to make it happen, right? And so you want to be utilizing the language that's actually moving you, again, strategically guiding your curiosity in the direction that you're wanting it to go in. And so that's where you have specific questions that revolve around the outcome that you're aiming to achieve. Uh, what's the outcome that I want to achieve? I want to, it could be as simple as I want to make a greater impact. What are all the ways that, or I want to make X amount of profit in the, in the company that I run, or I don't even have a company now, but I'm going to embark on something new. All right. What are all the things that you could do? So not what are you going to do? And this is where I see re really important. The difference between could and what you are going to do. So this is such a small shift, but the could allows you to play in the space of curiosity, play in the unknown without needing to actually make a decision. Mm. All right. You want to make a decision when you're ready to actually make the decision and to be able to ready to be able to take the action out the back end of the decision as well. Yeah. And so you can play in the sandbox and play around with ideas. I wonder what I could do. Oh, maybe this could be an option. Oh, let me test that out a little without it being any uh, you know, repercussions or too many repercussions at all. Um, it's, a, it's a small test. Mm -hmm. And then you test it out. And depending on what outcome you're aiming to achieve, did it move me slightly towards that? Or did it even, you know, was, there, was there a micro shift that occurred? If there is, I could lean a little more into that. If not, maybe it's not the right thing right now. You go, what could I do? You come up with all the different options available to you to then say, okay, based on the outcome I'm aiming to achieve, based on the criteria for success that I have, what are the things that I am going to do? And then, I mean, there's a whole process around actual execution, but we're talking about the curious phase right now, which is really curiosity I see is the bridge between where you are and where you want to be. All right. The outcome is where you are, where you want to be, where you are right now. The bridge for you to be able to walk across that and, and you, know, you mentioned about like feel, feel the fear and do it anyway. There's, 
if you can be simply asking questions without having to answer what am I going to do, that's a little less challenging or a little less fear. You know, there's not going to be nearly as much fear there. And so you do it that way. And then the other thing I would say as well is understand what the worst case scenario is. So once you're a little bit further along, this is going to help you with the feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Understand what the worst case scenario is. Play that out mm-hmm. and, and ask yourself, can I make peace with that? Am I okay with that? And if you're not, the fear is going to continue to be there for maybe a warranted reason is that if you screw this up, you're, you're not experiencing something that you're okay with experiencing. On the other hand, I did this with a client just a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some massive, massive challenge on the uh, business and personal front. A uh, lot of, yeah, a, a lot of challenges. Let's just go with that. And so the fear was sky high, sky high. And we went through it and wrote out what is the worst case scenario. And as we started mapping it out, he realized that it wasn't that bad. Mm. It was bad still, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as my life is over kind of bad that he had made it out to be in his mind. And so all of a sudden then, now that I've had it, have it on paper, now that I've played out the worst case scenario, and I know that even though it's not desirable, even though it's not the ideal situation, I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to be okay. What's there to fear? All of a sudden, the fear can still be there in a way because, you know, that's how we're wired uh, to look out for those situations. But, but we can uh, put it at bay much, in a much easier way because we've already made peace with that worst case scenario. I love that. I remember a sports psychologist I was listening to said, uh, when you're talking about self-talk, which is a lot of what you've just described. Oh, yeah. The mind believes what it hears. And so when you're talking about fear or all the things, you know, people have used other different ways to describe it, the secret and law of attraction, whatever you want to do, Mm. you're bringing it on if you're bringing, if the fear or you're living that life. So it's really interesting. I'd be curious now to kind of bridge into your coaching, uh, coaching world, this gentleman that you helped uh, through that, I think a brilliant exercise. What are some of the challenges that you see with people even wanting to be coached because you coach yourself in a lot of ways, Mm. but not everybody's in a place where they can be so self-reflective and honest with themselves. Most people need a coach to help them. How do you approach that with your clients? Yeah. One of the things that I say when starting with a client is you've, there's two things that you really need in order to be able to move forward with this confidently. Number one, how, com- how confident are you this person has the skills to be able to get to the core of the issue that you have right now and can take you to where you want to go? So has the skill set, right? Has the ability to be able to do that. Uh, get to the core of it because if you're just down the surface level, that's not going to cut it. Uh, you need to get to the core of the challenge to create long-term sustainable change. Then you need the actual frameworks, the mechanisms, the know-how as to how to actually do that. The second part to that though is how comfortable are you being completely vulnerable with this person? Because if you're not completely vulnerable with being this person and potentially sharing things with this person that you have never shared with anybody before, maybe your spouse or maybe a couple of people, but hey, boy, there's, there's plenty of things that clients have shared that they have never shared with anyone in their lives with me. Yeah. 
You've got to be able to be comfortable enough with this person. And that's where, you know, it's my responsibility to create an extraordinarily safe place. It's the same when facilitating. It's the same when, you know, on the speaking and having somebody be able to ask a a deeply vulnerable question, but especially in a one-on-one capacity is their ability for them to know that they're not being judged. Uh, And I'll often say say to people, I, I care about you and I care about the things that you've, you've experienced up until now but I kind of don't at the same time. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because they are patterns of behavior to, that got you to where you are, but aren't necessarily going to get you to where you want to go. I care much more about this version of who you are and who you're becoming. And if any of this stuff is getting in the way, I don't care where it came from. I don't care about the story that got you to where it, you know where you are now. What I care about is, is it going to allow you to get to where you want to go? And if not, we've got to work through that. And make sure that you're experiencing the life that you really, really want, that you desire. Because that's what, at the end of the day, what I'm being hired for, right? Um, is to ensure that the outcomes are being achieved. And if I buy into any of the limiting patterns of behavior, um, or even, you know, again, judge or anything like that, it's just, it's just not, doesn't even come into the, into the, the, the frame of mind now. Because I think probably from doing it for 10, 12, 12 13 years now, uh, mm-hmm. I've just heard everything. And uh, yeah, there's. So yeah, that, that's what I'd say there. Uh, the other thing that I would say, which kind of dovetails into what we were talking about before about being more curious, but also I would say being coachable as well is developing this, uh, knowing that you're worthy of the life that you're aiming to experience mm-hmm. or the business or the relationship or the wellness insert thing here, right? You don't need to necessarily have the answers for it yet, but ideally you want to be moving towards becoming what I class as your own uncompromising best friend. All right. So an un- uh, your own uncompromising best friend, to me, you spend far too much time with yourself not to enjoy your own company. Right. Uh, you spend more time with your own self than anybody else. Like To be with your own worst enemy is insane. Like it's crazy. When you, when you just think about it like that, if you put yourself into a room and said, you're going to spend the person that you despise the most, whoever's like, listening to this, the person that you don't like the most, and you're going to put yourself into that room and just say, you're going to be with you for the rest of your life. Like, <laughs> become your own uncompromising best friend. Because here's the thing with that. When you are that version of yourself, if you're your own worst enemy, you're kicking yourself when you're down. And when you're up, you're saying it's not going to last. When you're your own best friend, you might support yourself when you're down uh, and celebrate when you're up. But when you're, when you're not doing what you need to, it's kind of like, a, oh, it'll be okay. But an uncompromising best friend is going to do both of those still. It's going to support you when you're down, when you really need it, when you just need your hand held because it's a really desperate situation and you just need someone to be there to listen, that's there. And you're celebrating your wins when you're up. But when you need a good kick up the butt, (laughs) when you need a good kick up the butt, that is, hey, and the language that I love to utilize there is, hey man, you're better than this. You know that, step up. And so it's not a self-defeating language. It's not putting myself down. It's building myself up and knowing that I'm better and capable of a much higher standard. And so when some, in terms of somebody being coachable, so that spans into the curious phase, right? Because if you're that space, if you're your uncompromising best friend, you are totally okay with making mistakes. You are, you are in there because, and that's what curiosity is, right? You're going to make mistakes all in there. Uh, and vulnerability, it's like when writing a song, when I try to write a song, cause I'm forcing it into existence, I suck at it. 
But if I allow that to flow through and, and create a vulnerable space, an open space, a curious space, almost every song that I write is done within an hour and it's done, mm -hmm. finished. And, you know, more than 300 later. And so on the coaching side, it's being that, and you don't have to be there fully in terms of the uncompromising best friend, but, but knowing that you want to get there and that you're committed to doing work on yourself to become a more remarkable version of yourself personally and professionally. That's so important. It's one of the things that I ask someone before we start working together. I say on a scale of one to 10, how much of a commitment do you have right now? And if it's anything less than a nine or a 10, maybe an eight, I'm going to be asking a question. You know, I say, oh, nine. <laughs> I say, well, you said nine, but what you really said underneath is there's something going on. So let's have a conversation about that before we move forward. Yeah. And so that's what I'd say is, uh, yeah, you've, you've got to be committed to making the change. Uh, what was there was a, a joke. Uh, uh, how many coaches does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, one. But the coach, uh, the, the light bulb has to want to change. <laughs> 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 I, remember that. I love it i love it so there's you know because there's, there's, it is it's a it's a co-creative process right um you're doing it you're coming and bringing your own a games together and the more that you can both be willing to do that uh the better off the the coaching relationship is going to be how much um i would be curious about uh people that approach you or when you're talking about being coached how much is their perception that i need to fix my business versus fixing themselves as part of the leadership of the business? Like what's the juxtaposition there? I love this question. So uh, almost, well, almost always there will be, unless somebody's deeply reflective and has maybe done a decent amount of work as it is, whether it's with a coach or gone through training themselves, whatever the situation is that they've gone through, uh, unless they, they've learned how to do that reflective work, usually they're coming with a surface level challenge. Got it. My sales aren't where they need to be. My team's not performing how they need to be. And usually it's something maybe external, you know, something that somebody else is doing, something that's going on outside of what I, what's going on for me. And, and yeah, within that initial conversation, it's, it's about helping them to understand that there is a, there is a surface level challenge that's going on and it's, and it's there, it's warranted, absolutely. And it's also usually going to be part of a deeper rooted challenge that is probably showing up in other areas of your life. And when we can get down to the uh, further down into the depth there, uh, then, I mean, almost uh, there's people in the seventies that I've coached right down to people in their twenties and thirties. It almost always go back to childhood. Was it <laughs> really? Always. Yep. Yeah, stuff that happened back then, because you think about it, somebody doesn't trust some, you know, struggles with trust in the company, uh, struggles trusting somebody because uh, deep down unconsciously back when they were a kid, somebody took advantage of them, somebody uh, broke their trust, and whether that was a family member or someone at school or uh, whoever that was, and they can be such small moments. That's the crazy thing. I know from, from my life, they would, I look back at those moments that it turned into monumental moments for me. They're such small moments. Yeah. A, conver a single conversation that then led to, you know, the example I'll give with trust. If someone uh, had their trust broken in one specific example, then over time it becomes, well, I couldn't trust that person. So then I can't trust my community to, I can't trust anyone. Yeah. And it becomes this generalized term and they wonder why in business they, they struggle with trust. 
similar things happening in, uh, I'm very interested to see how this plays out over the coming years, because it's happening now with uh, people my age and younger that are head, you know, obviously in the workforce uh, that have had access to social media for a solid amount of time now. There's enough external validation that's been required for that length of time. I need the likes, I need it in order to know that I'm enough, to know that I'm worthy. And that's now showing up in their need to be approved to have validation from their leadership team, from the leaders, rather than autonomy and to be able to actually get down and get the work done. And so that's now going to be impacting all kinds of issues on the business front. Uh, and, and I can only see that continuing to head in that trajectory until we get to the core of the challenge that's happening right now and, and solve that. So it's, uh, again, very interesting to see it play out. But that's... That's yeah, that's how I'd answer that question. Is yeah, usually it's surface level, but yeah, there's there's a deep rooted thing going on there. Same with me, always is. Well, but you know what's interesting though, in your case, when you shared the story about that uh, that that impact you had on the gentleman saying it wasn't cool, and you let him define you, that ultimately propelled you, as opposed yes. to uh, you know I, I was talk to people about you can be a sponge and absorb stuff and say it's all about me and I'm I'm gonna be hurt by what you said. Or I can be mm. a shield and go, okay, boom, I'm just going to let this thing go because I know where I'm going. And, you know, mm. it took two years. Time is uh, very elastic, as we all know. It That propelled you that maybe to get you where you are today. So that two years is a microcosm of life. Yeah. Some of the often our, our biggest breakthroughs come directly after our biggest breakdowns. Right? Yeah. It's not that, that you know, the, the lessons were always there. The way I see that is that... Uh, Often the reason for that occurring is because we weren't listening beforehand. (laughs) And so it took for a massive proverbial slap across the face to actually get us in the gear. But it is, it's often the big uh, devastating moments that cause us to shift because all of a sudden it's not comfortable anymore. It's heartbreaking or it's gut-wrenching. It's devastating. These moments almost force us into change rather than it being, oh yeah, it'd be nice to change. No, now I'm forced into doing something different. Uh, they can be the greatest and often are the greatest learning opportunities that we have because now we're faced with a contrasting experience, right? We've seen and experienced something that we've loved and then we've also seen and experienced something where it's been taken away. And the moment that it gets taken away, I don't know, there's something about this. I've, I've thought about this over the last couple of years, this like the power of contrasting experiences, of experiencing something that is so aligned to what we want to experience and then something that is the polar opposite of what we're aiming to and wanting to experience. And then being able to see that so clearly that if we hadn't experienced both ends of the spectrum, we wouldn't have had the clarity. And clarity is powerful because it allows us to then do everything that we've been talking about, right? The clarity comes that is, is one of the initial components. If we get that, then we can ask the appropriate questions that allows us to take the appropriate action that allows us to get the appropriate results. But that contrasting experiences, I've definitely experienced a few of those over the last few years, uh, personally and professionally, that have been monumental and instrumental for my growth, uh, again, both personally and professionally. So there's something to be said for contrasting experiences, I think. Well, we're going to transition to a, a musical experience now, my friend. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love if you can play us a little, a little bit of your, uh, your passion, because I know every time I talk to you, music comes up you cool to do that yeah absolutely absolutely there's a 
to give it a, a, a small intro. I'll do a summarized version of it so that we it doesn't take too long. Uh, so a summarized version, this song's called Wild Heart. I wrote it in 2020, uh, just when things were all locked down. I was in Boulder in Colorado at the time, had a piano put into the, into the house that I was living in at the time and wrote a bunch of music. And this one in particular, uh, you know, it's, it's about overcoming the challenges that we face and, uh, you know, becoming stronger as a result. So I think it's yeah, pretty, pretty fitting in terms of what we've been going through here. So I'll, I'll get set up here and we'll, uh, we'll get into it. Okay, my brain, let's go. I've been down this bumpy road so many times before Trying to become much more than I have ever known I've earned my stripes, earned my battle scars I'm learning how to let go of all I've lost Yeah, I've been growing a little each day I've made up my mind, gonna leave it all behind I was born with a wild heart, a wild heart I've been out here for days and days wondering what comes next I realize that I've been compromising on my best I recognize that all my life's been leading up to now Pain's prepared me to overcome my fears and all my doubts Yeah, I've been growing a little each day I've made up my mind, gonna leave it all behind I was born with a wild heart hear this look what happens if i was in a concert i could do this but it doesn't work on the zoom (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome brother thank you so much for sharing that um your 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 story about the the grand piano and and traveling the world and having that as a focus point uh, and ending the 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 podcast today with your uh guitar playing and your singing was and and the lyrics were amazing they're exactly what uh, what I expect from you. So any Thanks, final man. I appreciate uh, parting it. words, my friend, but I just wanted to thank you and appreciate, appreciate you as my friend and appreciate uh, you coming on today and spending some time with us. Well, I, I massively appreciate it as well. I, I love that, you know, it's been many years now that we've known each other and uh, I've loved every conversation that we've had. I'm inspired by the work that you're doing. Love the, love the stuff that you're doing and uh, love to have an opportunity to come and, come and share some insights and share, you know, some things that have impacted my life that hopefully will impact those that are tuning in as well. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, mate. Be well. Cheers. Cheers. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes.